0: Amen. Lord be with you. Also with you. Let us pray. Keep, O oh Lord, we beseech thee, thy household, the church, in thy steadfast faith and love, that by the help of thy grace we may proclaim thy truth with boldness and minister thy justice with compassion, for the sake of our Savior Jesus Christ who liveth and reigneth with thee and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen.
1: A reading from Ezekiel. Thus says the Lord God, I myself will take a sprig from the lofty top of the cedar, and will set it out. I will break off from the topmost of its young twigs a tender one, and I myself will plant it upon a high and lofty mountain. On the mountain height of Israel I will plant it, that it may bring forth boughs and bear fruit, and become a noble cedar, and under it will dwell all kinds of beasts. In the shade of its branches birds of every sort will nest." And all the trees of the field shall know that I, the Lord, bring low the high tree, and make high the low tree, dry up the green tree, and make the dry tree flourish. I, the Lord, have spoken, and I will do it. The word of the Lord.
2: a reading from second corinthians so we are always of good courage we know that while we are at home in the body we are away from the lord for we walk by faith not by sight we are of good courage and we would rather be away from the body and at home with the lord so whether we are at home or away we make it our aim to please him for we must all appear before the judgment seat of christ So that each one may receive good or evil, according to what he's done in the body. Therefore, knowing the fear of the Lord, we persuade men. But what we are is known to God, and I hope it is known also to your conscience. We are not commending ourselves to you again, but giving you cause to be proud of us, so that you may be able to answer those who pride themselves on a man's position and not on his heart. For if we are beside ourselves, it is for God. If we are in our right mind, it is for you. For the love of Christ controls us, because we are convinced that one has died for all, therefore all have died. And he died for all, that those who live may live no longer for themselves, but for him, who for their sake died and was raised. From now on, therefore, we regard no one from a human point of view. Even though we once regarded Christ from a human point of view, we regard him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. The word of the Lord. Thanks.
0: The Lord be with you you. the holy gospel of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ according to Saint Mark Glory glory to you Lord Christ Jesus said the kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed upon the ground and should sleep and rise night and day and the seed should sprout and grow he knows not how the earth produces of itself first the blade then the ear, then the full grain in the ear. But when the grain is ripe, at once he puts in the sickle, because the harvest has come. And he said, With what can we compare the kingdom of God? Or what parable shall we use for it? It is like a grain of mustard seed, which when sown upon the ground is the smallest of all the seeds on earth. Yet when it is sown, it grows up and becomes the greatest of all shrubs, And puts forth large branches so that the birds of the air can make nests in its shade. With many such parables he spoke the word to them as they were able to hear it. He did not speak to them without a parable, but privately to his own disciples he explained everything. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise be to the Lord Christ. Grant, O Lord, that thy word only may be spoken, and thy word only may be received. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. What does it mean to have a golden life? It mean to have the perfect life? That's something every person, every family gives some thought to or a great deal of thought to through the course of their lives. I know we begin by trying to get our children in the best schools, get the best education, study, and make the best scores on either the ACT and SAT. We try to make them well rounded, excel in all sorts of civic areas, either in the play or with social responsibilities, good athletes. We work very hard so our children are good soccer players or tennis players, baseball players, football players. We have goals and benchmarks for all those things as we're children, for our children. Then as they go off to college, child takes on their own being. They begin to ponder what vocation they're called to where they see their perfect life being lived. And they study very hard in college to try to be the best they can be, to try to get a foot up, a leg up on the competition. And then once they're in their career, you try very hard to reach the pinnacle of your career, whatever it may be. You try very hard to be as successful as humanly possible. And in that, you set other benchmarks or have other Visions or marks of what this golden life would be a family, a house, security, all these things. Your life is filled with setting goals and achieving them, of having visions of what ideally life should look like and then reaching it. And that goes all the way to retirement. I want my retired years to look this way to have a house paid for, to be able to travel, to be able to spend time with grandchildren, to be able to give. this or that organization so our lives are spent constantly contemplating and trying to envision ideally what a career would look like ideally what our family should look like ideally what advancement in our life should look like and finally ideally ideally what retirement should look like there's an image and society especially in our american society promotes that image of the perfect family of the perfect life, of the successful life, the golden life as it were. The world is full of signs of what it means to be prosperous, happy, but can we be deceived by sight? Can what the world shows us as happiness and prosperity, the perfect life, the golden life, be something else now I spoke of him or quoted him last week but I'm gonna do it again this week J.R.R. R. Tolkien certainly thought so in his Lord of the Rings trilogy he writes this poem all that is gold does not glitter not all those who wander are lost the old that is strong does not wither deep roots are not reached by the frost all that is gold does not glitter not all those who wander are lost This passage today from St. Paul got me thinking about the Yorodivi, or holy fool. This is an occupation or vocation within the life of the church where one becomes homeless, becomes a wanderer, where one intentionally acts foolish in the eyes of the world, who would look around at American ideas of success and prosperity and make fun of them, would look foolish compared to them. The most famous of those, St. Basil the Blessed, was born in Moscow in the year 1468. As a child, between five and seven years old, he apprenticed as a shoemaker. Not a bad living. But somewhere in his teenage years, he had an epiphany moment. He had a revelation where he saw what the world considered as perfect, as successful, as golden. He saw it as rotten. So he stripped himself naked, weighed himself down with heavy chains, and began to wander around Moscow and beyond. And he would do foolish things and get into foolish antics. He would go into the middle of marketplaces, and he would shoplift in the sight of miserly merchants. And he would give the goods to the poor who were begging to prove a point. He did things like that all the time. He would go up to places like taverns, embrace them weeping, weeping for the souls of those who were in there and he would do this day in day out till finally people began to see something of holiness within him they began to not see him as fool but as a holy fool he predicted the fire in moscow in 1547 and through his prayers to said he put out a good deal of that fire and he began to be seen more and more as a holy man but still in the eyes of the world, a fool, a wandering fool. He was so foolish in the eyes of the world that at divine liturgy one day, he was in the presence of the czar Ivan the Terrible. Now, Ivan the Terrible did not get his name because he was a gentleman. Ivan the Terrible did not get his name because of his care for people. He got his name because he was terrible. He was very... Difficult in his treatment with others, with the innocent. And one day in the divine liturgy, Basil, the holy fool, stood up naked, weighed down in chains and told Ivan the Terrible, pay attention! Yelled at Ivan the Terrible in the middle of the congregation, in the middle of the divine liturgy. He also condemned him for being so harsh on the innocent, for being so uncaring. So here this fool stood up and confronted and rebuked one of the more difficult characters and the most powerful character in Russia. Ivan did not kill him. Rather, Ivan's heart was softened by his foolishness. At the end of Basil the Blessed's life, Ivan was actually a pallbearer, helped bury him. And he was so moved by the rebuke and by the life of Basil, the holy fool, that the cathedral in Moscow, or Ivan the Terrible built a cathedral in Moscow that bears his name, the Cathedral of Saint Basil. Holy fool. This morning, brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ, Paul writes the Corinthians for the second time. And he's trying to instill in them a sense of hope for the resurrection, trying to change their behavior, and ensure and certain confidence of the Lord's resurrection. He's trying to instill with them change in their lives, and he goes about that in two ways. Begging them to live in the love of God and then reminding them of the fear of the Lord. He does this two ways. He tells them we're to live in fear of God and for the love of God, basically. He says, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each one may receive good or evil according to what he has done in the body. So our lives are not without use. Our lives determine our afterlives in many, many ways. What we do now matters. What we do on this earth counts. What we do on this earth determines what we do in the next world. So he tries to remind them that it 's a message of hope that we will stand before the judgment seat of Christ, and if you stand in the face of the world, as Basil stood in the face of the world, you stand in certain hope and with joy before our Lord. They got me to thinking though about goals and benchmarks. Basil had one idea of what it meant to be holy, the world has another idea of what it means to be successful and golden. <coughs> So I have a few questions for us and I'll give you the example of the cantaloupe. Now I know very little about cantaloupes except for every once in a while I'm to go to the grocery store and pick one up and I'm not by any stretch of the imagination an expert on cantaloupes. There's a certain firmness they're supposed to be, a certain color, you're supposed to be able to thump them. But I know if you don't get it right you can cut them open, they look fine on the outside but rotten on the inside. It's the same with our lives. They can look fine on the outside rotten on the inside, decayed on the inside because we haven't lived a balanced life. We haven't lived a life for God, towards God. So I give you some questions. Is spiritual maturity a consideration in your goals and dreams? I know as my family works out soccer schedules and homework schedules and where we see ourselves and where we see our children, we have to force it in there. It does not come naturally to the ways of the world. We have to put time aside. We have to make time. We have to make space for that because the world does not consider it, but does your family. Is spiritual maturity a consideration in your goals and dreams? Do you see yourself at retirement only in a certain house with certain things being able to do what you wish to do? Or do you see yourself attaining a spiritual maturity at retirement as well? We have an ideal of what our career should look like, of what our family should look like. We have ideals of a lot of things. But have you ever wondered what an ideal prayer life looks like? Have you ever wondered, do you have a vision in your life for ideally what your life of prayer should look like, you and your family? Have you ever thought of that? If you haven't, you should. And what do you do to work towards it? Do you consider maturity, and a life within the church is an important part of your life as well. Where do you, as you have goals for everything else in your life, do you have a goal for where you see yourself in the life of this church? Do you have a goal for seeing yourself in 10 years, how you support the church, how you support our ministries, how you're active in the ministries, how you will give yourself to this church more and more as years go on? Can you envision, do you have a picture of what spiritual maturity within the life of this community looks like if you don't you should do you have an ideal vision for what your life should look like in regards to the poor and those in need in regard to the ministries that are needed in this community and in your life can you picture ideally what you should be doing and are you working towards it we will appear before the judgment seat of Christ And as Christians, that should comfort us. But if we care not for our prayer life, if we can't even imagine what ideally our prayer life should look like, if we're not working towards a goal, both ourselves and with our families, it might be scarier to stand before Christ. If we can't imagine what a mature life in Christ, what a mature spiritual life looks like, if we have no vision of how we should give ourselves to this church more and more, both in support and in presence and in ministry, we need to. Take to heart the words of J.R.R. R. Tolkien. All that is gold does not glitter. And not all who wonder are lost. The world looks at Christians many times just the way the world looked at Basil the fool. They see us as foolish and without value. The things we work and try our hardest to kindle here, to instill here, to build here to mature here are not valued at all in the world the world might look at like at us as we are hopeless wanderers and lost like basil but if we focus if we have an ideal of what our prayer life should be like if we have an ideal of what a mature life in Christ should look like and we work on that, as that becomes part of our goal and part of our vision then our holiness from undertaking these exercises might even soften the heart of someone as hard as Ivan the Terrible. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit.
2: Kneeling, let us pray for the church and for the world. Grant, Almighty God, that all who confess your name may be united in your truth, live together in your love, and reveal your glory in the world. Lord, in your mercy, guide the people of this land and of all the nations in the ways of justice and peace, that we may honor one another and serve the common good. Lord, in your mercy, Hear our give us all a reverence for the earth as our own creation, that we may use its resources rightly in the service of others and to your honor and glory. Lord, in your mercy, Hear our prayer. Bless all whose lives are closely linked with ours and grant that we may serve Christ in them and love one another as he loves us. Lord, in your mercy, Hear our prayer. comfort and heal all those who suffer in body, mind, or spirit. Give them courage and hope in their troubles and bring them the joy of your salvation. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. We commend to your mercy all who have died, that your will for them may be fulfilled, and we pray that we may share with all your saints in your eternal kingdom. Lord, in your mercy, let us pray for our own needs and those of others. For your handmaids with child, especially Catherine Davis, Elizabeth Hancock, Sarah Harris Anishi, Kim Johnson. Jennifer Malone, and we give thanks for the birth of Isabella Rose Brown, daughter of Drew and Heather Brown, and Brady William Tucker, great-grandson of Bill Johnson. And for those celebrating birthdays this week, especially Lee Klein, Katie Howard, Roger McLeod, and Katie Sullivan. Also for those celebrating anniversaries this week, especially Jean and Jan Harlow. For those who suffer in body, mind, or spirit, especially Kay Anderson, Laura Bechtel, Beth Boykin, James Ray Bush, Carrie Calumet, Luca Corralda, Mary Craft, Don Daly, Bill Devers, Richard Duncan, Sean Eubanks, Linda Fontenot, Bonnie Garner, Vicki Glenn, Catelyn Graham, Hal Hedrick, Bill Hursom, Lucy Hull, Leroy Junt- Jensen, Lynn Jenkins Lindsay, Mir Lou Lott, Della McAllister, Jean Miller, Austin Morgan, Herbert Parsley, Harry Perdue, Carol Prevost Jenny Lu Quang, Catherine Rich, Ashley Rogers, Carol Sage, Diane Scott, Laverne Scott, Casey Smith, Don Smith, Wendy Sneed, Carolyn Ruth Stantzel, Ray Stringer, Joan Todd, Joyce Thames, Martha Jane Tyler, Mary Wade, Shirley Waldrop, Mike Waldrop, and Dan Walters. For all who suffer from chronic illnesses and for those we now name. For the protection of the men and women of our armed forces at home and abroad. Especially John Asbell, Louisa Balthazar, Chase Bradshaw, John Brewer, Michael Butler, Michael Cahill, Mark Carter, Melissa Kleckler, Stan Harris, Jay Holloway, Scott Howell, Eric Jarmilla, Walton Lucky, Bailey Lutz, Calvin Powell, Harold Russell, Michael Thomas, Joe Benson, James Warner, Mark Waters and White Welch.
0: O Lord Christ by your single death upon the cross the members of your body also die to slavery to sin grant us so to crucify our former selves that the new may daily rise with you in the immortal power of your free spirit who lives and reigns with the Father, and you, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Let us confess our sins against God and our neighbor. Most merciful God, we confess we that we
2: have we sinned, we sinned against, against you in thought, word, and deed by what we, we have done and by what we have left
1: undone. We, done. we, we have not loved you, you with our whole heart. We, we have not loved our
3: Are truly sorry
1: and we humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us, that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to
3: the glory of your name. Amen.
0: Almighty God, have mercy on you, forgive you all your sins for our Lord Jesus Christ, strengthen you in all goodness. To uh, St. John's on this Father's Day, um, although not a liturgical day, uh, an important day um, in the life of the family nonetheless. So happy Father's Day to all the fathers. Uh, a few announcements. Uh, Vacation Bible School is coming up very soon and our own Miranda McLaughlin has been working uh, very, very hard to make sure uh, that that we're ready and everything um, is perfect for all the children of the downtown churches and beyond to, to come and be with us. We still need items, so uh they're included on the back bulletin. Uh, and then also we need volunteers. So if you're available June 25th through 29th or any part therein, uh, please consider volunteering for, for, for the good of the children. Uh, so I'll leave. And I, that, that's a, Okay, we're good. Okay. Uh, other announcements. Uh, don't forget that we offer matins uh, every morning or morning prayer in the chapel at 830. So you're all encouraged and invited to that. And this Wednesday uh, we will continue as we do every uh, Wednesday at 1205 with Holy Eucharist and the uh, sacrament of unction offered in the chapel. And I think that is all that is uh, pressing. We've also started printing the treasure's report in the bulletin just to help uh, give us gentle reminders of, of where we are. And the, the last few weeks have not been uh, great collections. So uh, if, if, if it's due or your time, I encourage you to, uh, to uh, remember your parish and all of that. Uh, and today uh, is, is sort of a bittersweet day. Uh, our own Danielle Adams has been, how many years have you been with us? Two and a half. Uh, has been, you know, she's a student at, at USM and she leaves us today to, to, to go and pursue her further, further study in a career in opera in Germany. So uh, today's her last Sunday with us. So please be, uh, please as you see her at the back of the church, bid her farewell and assure her of our prayers and that we will miss her. So we'll miss you, Danielle. Thank <laughs> you. And I, uh, I think that's all the announcements I have. So uh, again, everyone, welcome. Uh, if you're visiting today, uh, we'd love to know more about you. Or if you would like a visit from the priest or to join our, um, our mailing lists or email lists. there are visitor's cards in the, in the pew. Uh, so please fill those out. And, and uh, we would love to know more about you and tell you more about ourselves. Walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God. All things come of thee, O Lord, and of thine own have we given thee. The holy sacrifice of this Eucharist is offered to the greater glory of God and thanksgiving for his many, many blessings upon our lives. Giving thanks especially this day for the fathers of this world. Offering special intentions for the fathers who live in and try to raise families in areas of poverty, famine, war, and violence. For those fathers who are unemployed and unable to care for their families. For those who struggle everywhere. And may the souls of all the faithfully departed, through the mercy of God, rest in peace. Amen.
1: Amen.
0: and now Father send us out to do the work you have given us to do to love and serve you as faithful witnesses of Christ our Lord to him to you and the Holy spirit be honor and glory now and forever amen may the peace of god which passes all understanding keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of god and of his son jesus christ our lord And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be upon you this day and remain with you always. Amen.